Are we ever going to talk about Fortnite? Probably not. I played a couple of rounds of it. So I just... Mm. I don't love the building. That's like the one thing people are crazy about. I know, but I like, I like, the, I like the fun aesthetic and mm. the battle royaling of it. Yeah. But I don't like having to build things to be good at it. I just don't like infrastructure. I also wish that... Okay. Here's oh. my big problem with a Fortnite, uh-huh. which has also become my big problem with player unknowns battlegrounds. Here we go, B roll time. Yep. Here we go. Sure, put in this in. I don't like how in Fortnite you just pick one skin and you can't customize an outfit. Gotcha. And two, I don't like it in player unknowns battlegrounds how they took out the scavengeable clothing. Yes, I remember you saying this. Yeah, that r- I've not played the game since. Okay, a. I've taken a stand. A, a. That feature was what made me take the plunge on buying that game. Yep. Two, when they took it out, haven't played it since. So you're telling me you bought a game? I bought just so you could pick up clothing in the street. The yeah, the the progenitor of the battle royale game archetype because of a minor and entirely cosmetic function where you could find clothes in abandoned houses and put together a cool outfit. Okay, so you okay? If I right, if I were to just buy a ton of clothes. And just lay them for you in random locations along with guns and maybe some pants. In Are you real trying life. to lure me into a battle royale? I'm not saying I'm planning something big here, but let's say I've got a hundred friends. Are they nice clothes? You don't have a hundred friends. No one does. Oh, don't we? <laughs> no one's that popular. <laughs> I mean, I could arrange a hundred people to just do it. That'd be great, right? But then what are you losing? <laughs> Money! Oh, okay. I have to buy all these guns. And clothes. And clothes! And pots! And presumably the other things other people want as bait, too. Uh, I did get a cool kill on a guy in Fortnite with a revolver once, though, so that was nice. He was sniping me through a window, then I started running towards him in a straight line, hip-firing my revolver, and I shot him in the head and won. And that felt good. But then the guy who was watching the whole thing killed me. (laughs) Just sitting there on the top of a tower, be like, you can The battle royale experience, really. Yeah, basically. I know, um, I think I played Fortnite once at like a PAX where they were like, hey, do you want to try this game? I was mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll give it a go. And I walked away being like, hey, it was all it's right. Fine. I guess. I and also beelined the, uh, I also beelined the, um, the revolver every time in PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds too. Mm. I just like the revolver. Revolvers are great. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the thing where you reload and you just hold it up and then they all fall Oh, out you mean like what Mr. does in every episode of JoJo's yes. Adventure Part 5 Vento Oreo? That's right. Welcome to JoJo's World. Oh my God. <laughs> this is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Recap and Discussion Podcast. Where we recap and discuss JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. Naomi Ballantyne, the other co-host. Is this seriously the intro? Yep. We do- We're Holy in. shit. We're in. Podcast activate. Our podcast armor is on. We're entering the audio sphere. And here we go. Liam, my ears are hurting. My ears are hurting. Uh, something about drift compatibility. <laughs> okay. Today, we watch the 14th episode. Lucky number 14 of... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo. <gasps> That's the current part. Mm, entitled, The Express Train to Florence. Ooh. Covering chapters 486 through 489 of the original manga, I will also pause to note that this is the 127th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the anime. Prime number. Prove it. Show me the <laughs> mathematical proofs. Look, I can, but... Wait, is it a Mersenne Prime, or are those two to the end plus I, one? Okay, you've lost me. Okay, so basically, no. there are these prime, <laughs> num- there are these prime numbers. We need a podcast safe word for maths. Well, how about I tell you the safe word I'm going to use, which is Patreon.com slash JoJo's World. And this episode is brought to you from Patreon donor, Mickey C. Mickey C. Like an average name. No, that's like a mobster name. Is it? Like, oh, Mickey C's out on the street corner keeping an eye out for the fuzz. <laughs> Who in your gang would be called Mickey C intentionally? He's like the young, he's like young and, and plucky, uh, but he's probably got like a big knife scar on his face. But wouldn't his name be like Matteo? No. Yeah, Matteo. No, he's Mickey C. Mickey C. Yeah, and I... the C stands for like Chicolata or something. <laughs> Mickey Chicolata, I'll cut out your ribs. We call him Mickey C for short. And we make him our lookout, because Mickey can see. Oh, fuck my life. How long have you been sitting on that for? Nick, I'm okay at improvising. <laughs> You're really good at joke. No, I'm low-barring at this time, because I didn't think that much of that joke. But 
I know how to come up with things on the spot. Speaking of on the spot, thank you, Mickey C. Thanks, Mickey C, for giving us Patreon dollary dues to make JoJo's World the podcast of your dreams. And protecting our Patreon, supposedly, from any other rival mob members, including, but not limited to, the Twin Humanities Boys. <laughs> Fucking Paddy. <laughs> what kind of mob name is Paddy, Paddy? Oh, Irish mob, that's a thing. Oi, I'm Paddy, I'll stab <laughs> your gut. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to just... <laughs> Put a stop to this now. Okay, now hang on. We just had Italian mob jokes and you were like, huh, Mickey C, yeah. Well, that was like Italian-American. Okay. We had an Italian-American mob joke and you were like, yeah, Mickey C, It's an established fictional archetype. Whereas this one is like, yeah. Making fun of someone we actually correspond with. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so it's okay if, oh, we know who that person is, but we don't talk to them. But it's not okay if it's like, hey, we know that person and we do talk to them. Is this the line you're drawing here? Yep. Is this the yep. line? You're trying to make me out to be a hypocrite, but no, this is the line I'm drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up... Okay, small tail. I've, I've been working night shift. Did you bring the other mic? No, I did not. But I have a tail and an excuse with <laughs> regards to why the other mic is not here. Oh, the fable of the missing microphone. Okay. Uh, imagine that I'm sitting at your, at your feet with my hands on my chin. Alright, well there's this thing that adults do called work. Crackling fire noise, crackling fire noise. And I've been working every night from like 3.30 till... That's a a crow crowing crowing at the sound of midnight. That's a cassowary. It's here to fuck us up. (laughs) Young little Timmy turns around. Is that a cassowary in the background? Don't worry Timmy, I've got a gun. You hear about that guy. um, Which one? The guy who owned a cassowary in Florida and then it murdered him. What? (laughs) Why the people- and, th- and then it was up for sale, and it was like, you can buy this cassowary that killed its last owner. <laughs> Is he the most valuable cassowary in the world right now? <laughs> Maybe. He's got a taste for blood. And boy, oh boy, does he know how to use your own defences against you. Yeah, he's like Kevin McAllister. Kevin McCassowary. Hi, I'm a BoJack Horseman character. My name's Kevin McCassowary. <laughs> He's really depressed. You were telling me a story about why you didn't bring yes. a not vital but good to have piece of recording equipment to our regularly scheduled podcasting. Yes. So I don't have the spare mic because I came home last night at something like 1am and I went, oh boy, really looking forward to waking up at 9am. But first I got to have my shower, brush my teeth and also check all the Patreon things for the podcast. So you know what I did, Liam? You went to sleep. None of those things. <laughs> Instead, I went on YouTube and I started watching some shit about E3. And now, I'm up to date. And that's why the spare mic is not here. Because I love video games. <laughs> and isn't that, that just the uh, the overarching moral of our podcast? Um, we neglect our duties because we love video games. Yes. Remember parts one and two when I used to pre-watch the episode and take notes and do research? No. Okay. I only remember you walking... Wait, walking in? No. Yep. I remember me walking into your house and being like, hey, so you hear about that video game? And you're like, oh, did Nick, I ever? This video game. And then we just watched the episode. You'd be like, that was a good app. So this video game, mm. I was like, what's this podcast about? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part five, Vento Oreo, episode 14, Express Train to Florence. <laughs> Smash cut, two. Everyone's just having a nice time driving in a van. Oh. They're all like, let me see that big golden key we got from the ruins of Pompeii again. Maybe we'll be able to open a boss door with it. So Abakio is all like, let me see it, let me see it. No, Abakio doesn't really say or do much in this episode. Oh, sorry. Abakio is all like, give it to me. I think you're thinking of Bruno Bucciarati. No, Abakio is all like, let me see the key. No, that was Bruno. Because he's the leader. No, Bruno's all like, give it to me after Abaku's all like, let me see the key. Well, the point is, Narantia has the key, and he's like, look at this big dumb key. And someone wants to see it again, and you're right. You're right, and I'm wrong. You are correct. You're big, I'm small. You're smart, I'm dumb. And that's the way it's always going to (laughs) be. Uh... Narantia throws Abakio the key, and he's like, ow, my friggin' hand. It just got zipped back on. And Narantia's all like, wow, talk about overreacting yeah, much. you big <laughs> baby, just because you cut off your own hand in a death battle. And Abakio clarifies, no, I cut off my own arm in a death battle. <laughs> Got on a glass battle with mirror assassin. Come on, man, look at this. Pulls down sleeve. So they're all in this really roomy van. <laughs> yeah, you were saying that it was very roomy. Yeah, great interior space. What's the value on that thing? What, oh. what kind of mileage does it get? Oh, 20. Great. Bruno's <laughs> looking at the big gold key and there's... An inscription in the big gem. 
Ooh. And it's not just an inscription, it's also an instruction. Oh. Words that sound like other words. (laughs) So it says something along the lines of, go to train station with drink fountain at this time. Specifically, the drinking fountain with a turtle. With, With the turtle. You'll find turtle... Look for the thing and then get on train. Use the key. Get on the train. Do thing. And you got you got to get to Venice. That's where my missions for you will uh, end. That sounds ominous. Venice, huh? I've been to Venice. Have you? Yeah. Oh. And we have a pod. We as a podcast have been to Venice before too. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Two: Battle Tendency, where Lisa Lisa hung out. That doesn't sound right. I don't think we went to Venice. I think we were near Venice. No, we went to Venice. In Venice. That, yeah, we friggin' were. They went to really? the canals of Venice to meet Lisa Lisa and she knocked Joseph into the canal like a big boob when she did that gymnastic stuff with that oar. And then they went to Air Saplina Island, which I'm sure definitely still exists. Uh, I don't know. This all sounds very unfamiliar to me. <laughs> and she was wearing that Venetian carnival mask. Uh, now that I remember. <laughs> I do remember that Lisa Lisa just went, hey, look at me. I'm just some random person that definitely isn't a lady. They were like, that canoe guy, he's so sinister, we need to beat him up. Take off mask, I'm not a canoe guy at all. I'm a cop. I'm not a canoe guy at all, she says with her back turned fiddling with the mask. (laughs) Well, if I could be wrong about that. (laughs) I would just love if it was like, I'm not a canoe guy at all. Rips off suit to unveil Yakuza back tattoo. I mean, she basically did that, but with just her cool outfit. But yes, but was it a Yakuza back tattoo? No, mm, that makes all the difference in the world. When they're driving to the train station, mm. there's ten minutes till the express train to Florence leaves. The Super Express, they called it. The Super? Does that exist? Is that a real? That's train? pretty friggin' express. Is that a real train though? I mean, if it is, we should take it. We should go to Italy. We should go on a Euro trip. We should go to all these places. We should, we should do a podcast in every location that JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has been in, including in the order that they went to them, including the fictional locations like Wind Knight's Lot. And the Dreamscape. Uh, of course, Air Saplina Island. Yep. Uh, ancient a- Aztec <laughs> death temple. Thing. Yep. Nazi Mexico base. Yep. The big face place. Oh, that's real. That's real? The mouth of truth in... That's real? Yeah. What? In Italy. Or Rome. Get the fuck out Uh, of here. Obviously, Ogre Street, which is also, as we learned in our recent Patreon episode, a big face place. Yep. Uh, What other false places are there? Oh, Egypt. Morio. Morio's not real? I mean, it's loosely inspired by a town. Yeah. But it's not real itself. Alas. I'm saddened by this. (laughs) We should go to all these places. And more. All in the name of Joe Ghost Ghost's adventure. Ship. Ghost ship. Uh, dinghy that happened after ghost ship. <laughs> yep. We'll go to Singapore. To be fair, we could actually just go to Singapore. Maybe we already have, listener. You don't know. Open window. Ah, ah, ah. That's the sound of Singapore. Shut up, cassowary. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. This. Yeah. Okay. They're at the train station. There's like four minutes till the train's due to leave. <sighs> Guys. <laughs> Guys, that was the sound of transitioning to guys. Two guys that we've seen before. (gasps) My God, who are they? Nick, do you remember both of their names? I remember one of their names. Oh, wait, no, I do remember both of their names. One of them, who I will now call Human Guy from henceforth, because let's be real, uh, is Prosciutto. Prosciutto. He is one of the Hitman team. Thank you. So you may recall Prosciutto from the flashback episodes. He um I do remember. He was Prosciutto engaged the in the group episode. chat, being like, Have you found our friends Chicolata and Sorbet yet? Or whatever their friggin' names were. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and he is well fucking dressed. Yep. He's uh he's like big purple suit and he's got like a row of top knots in his blonde hair. It's really weird because they're not even top knots. They're more like top stumps. <laughs> because as we as we recall from the early episodes of part five, mm-hmm. even the high-ranking mobsters in Passione dress like ordinary citizens to blend in. Mm, mm, yes, I do remember this. Would you say this is ordinary? I, I, obviously, there's some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fashion bullshit going on here. Uh-huh. But I will say that I think, arguably, it speaks to the arrogance of the Hitman team. That they refuse to blend in, but are still utterly confident in their abilities to, to tracelessly murder people. Yes. 
Like an entire train of people. And then on the other hand, our friends, uh, our squad of boys are just like a boy band. So of course yeah. they dress like that. Yeah. Uh, the other character is Pesci. Pesci. Who, who is, is now going to be called Vomit he's Man. He's kind henceforth. of a troll or an ogre. I don't know if I'd like to validate trolls or ogres. Wow. Uh, wow. Nick says to the trolls and ogres who listen to the JoJo's World podcast, you are not valid. Well, excuse me, <laughs> Mr. Ballantyne. He's more like a... You may recall as I referred to him in his introductory flashback episode, he's kind of a thumb-thumb from Scott from Spy Kids. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> he's like a carrot, but fleshy. Yeah. He's a bit like a cucumber with hair. He's kind of like a banana without that stumpy bit and like weird green stuff. So if I recall correctly, this episode is the first time that we saw these two guys. Because... They, the flashbacks didn't go into such explicit detail about the Hitman team. Thank you. So um, I think right from the start, these two establish a pretty solid dynamic mm-hmm. where uh, Prosciutto is sort of jaded and cynical, but confident and professional. And He's been there since the beginning, man. Pesci's just kind of an, uh, a quivering oaf. He's the new blood. He's the mm. guy that you go to and you're like, hey, do you want to be a mobster? And he just goes, I could try. And Prosciutto's kind of mentoring him. It feels very much like Pesci is... Sorry, he's Vomit Man. He's an apprentice. Yeah, he's sort of like... A Padawan, if you will. Ooh, there's room to grow. Yeah, it just feels like he's there being like, am I I doing a good job? Am I killing the people? Mm. And Prosciutto's like, no, you need to kill the people, but we're not going to say we're going to kill the people because you haven't earned that yet. Prosciutto's voice very much reminds me of Jotaro's, but I looked it up and they don't share a voice actor. Aww. I mean, that's not really a shame at all. But, aww. Mm. He's got that same sort of gruff baritone. Yeah, we're going to kill some dudes. I'm definitely enthused by I also like this. the way he says, Pesci! <laughs> I didn't do it justice, though. Pesci, get in here! I want your badge and your gun and your weird spiritual fishing hook on my desk. But, but sir, I, I just... Can you give me another chance? What if it turned out that Pesci was Abakio's dead partner and he didn't die, he just got severely deformed? Jesus Christ, man. He got shot in the neck, which then swelled up. Yeah. Taking the skin from his brain. Because he's got a lead allergy. (laughs) So, hang on. Pesci's now canonical backstory is that he was shot in the neck because he was an ex-cop. He had lead poisoning, which caused his neck to grow out and his head to shrink. And his hair to fall out. And his sense of good and evil to be inverted. Mm-hmm. And he's just really confused. He's trying to make his way in the world, but unfortunately everything's shit for him because unions. Uh, Whoa, hang on. They, they never helped him. They never helped him. Yeah, the, I mean, I'm sure the Assassin's Union is probably... There's not a lot of collective action in yeah. that. Uh... And you know why? Because the system is corrupt in Italy. Only the mobsters will help you. Mm. Mm, themes. Mm. Yeah. Poor young Pesci. He grew up without a carrot mother. Oh, we also skipped over a bit where Fugo and Mister just kind of like... Oh, yeah. Sexually assault Trish for a bit. So, in classic anime stylings, when they see a scantily clad young lady... So, Fugo was just like looking at Trish and being pensive. Like, oh man, can't believe that they're trying to kill her because of someone she's never met. So sad. Themes. Mm -hmm. And then Mr. Sires on the frame is like, hey mate, you're staring at her bod. Me too. Wait, no, I'm not staring. What? Why are you staring at her bod? What? And then they're both sweating. And then the car swerves violently. (laughs) And Fugo, not wearing a seatbelt like a good boy would... Mobsters. Goes flying, falls onto her body, apologise... No, doesn't apologise first. Mr... What's the word? Uh, reels him back. Yeah, reels him back, panicking like, no, I'm so sorry. He didn't mean to be staring at your body and then try to feel you up. He just couldn't control himself. And Fuka's like, no, I actually just... I fell because we braked really hard. Yeah. Like, you're making it sound way worse, mister. And Trish is there not saying a word. Yep, not saying anything or doing anything. Hmm, I feel like this is a recurring theme with Trish. She gets to have a cool deduction later in the episode at least. But yeah, it's going to be a while before she gets to do much mm. cool. Uh, is she good at maths, at least? She... We'll never know. Oh. But she got that math choker. <laughs> what if there's an episode where it's like, the boys are going to die unless you can solve this riddle. And Trish is like, what kind of riddle is it? It's, like, it's a math riddle. <gasps> boys stand the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> Only Naranchia can save us now. <laughs> Naranchia just pulls out a gun and starts shooting He just shoots riddle. himself in the head. <laughs> well, I'll, boys had I'll, a good run. I'll never solve the maths. Fugo's like, no, 
wait, I remember you could do math. And Naranchi's like, oh, I guess I can help. And Trish is in the back like, guys. Just I have, solving I have a- problems. Yeah. Filling in multiple choice bubbles. <laughs> like literally writing on the wall all the answers. Like, guys, I figured it out. It's like, no, Naranchi's going to kill himself. We need to figure it out. I'm Trish. I'm smart. No, shut up, other lady. All right. We're then trying to figure this out. We have a series of nested flashbacks to all the times they've deduced the stand problems and Trish has just been like, oh yeah, do this. <laughs> and then the person was like, wait, I've got it. <laughs> and Trish is always in the back going, guys, I'm really smart. I'm like I the most competent you. person in the room. Like you guys just shoot everyone. I figured out a way to get out of this without leaving any evidence. So Bruno is still on the train station platform being like, none of the nearby locks fit this key. So like the little keyhole in the in the drinking fountain platform, mm-hmm. it's not even unlocked, and it's just a cock stop, which we all know what that is. Hey Liam, what the fuck is a cock stop? I don't know, uh, some sort of plumbing thing, I'd wager. Okay, linked in with the drinking fountain. Okay, it's a condom. Now we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> now we were talking about plumbing with an author's note before. Ah, so maybe this is just. Something to do with that, where it's like, we've never seen any drainage outlets or anything in any of Hirohiko Araki's other, like, manga drawings. Until now, when he had to get plumbing done. (laughs) And now suddenly, cock stops. Um, We did, of course, have a lecture on the mechanics of steamships at the end of part one. Ah, of course, of course, that is true. Because if you recall... I don't. Okay. By manipulating the body of the headless Wang Chung, yep. Jonathan Joestar caused him to stop the steamship's uh, crankshaft, ah. causing the steam pressure to build up inexorably, leading inevitably to an explosion. Ah, uh, yes. I... Hey, question. Yeah? Is that actually what happened? Yeah. Was I equally unenthused at... No, you were pretty enthused. Oh, okay, great. I'm just jaded now. Mm, yes, like, you've seen so much. I've seen Koichi and I can never go back. And so Jorno's like, hey, Bruno, the train's leaving soon. Maybe try that lock on the fire hydrant. No. Bunk. It I, doesn't fit. I love the way he bunks it in where it's still like a good 10 centimetres to the right of the keyhole. Like, that's never going to fit. Not even going to try. <laughs> We're wasting time here, Jorno. But just put it in the hole. No, it's not going to fit. Oh, yeah, Jorno's like, maybe we'll get the next train. But no, there is too much possibility for enemies to be lurking nearby. We must take this train. And I must. Wait a minute. That turtle... <laughs> So there's this turtle there, as was prophesied. Yep, yep. Do you reckon Jono's just there going, Bruno, what the fuck are you doing with that turtle? <laughs> so Bruno just goes, my God, there's a hole in the turtle shell, the shape of this key. Grab that turtle, get on the train. <laughs> so he does so. Yeah, and we Who's cut... Who's uh, Okay, so by this point... Yep. Um... Prosciutto and Pesci have split up. Pesci's going to start at the front of the train and work his way back. Yep. Prosciutto is going to approach Bruno, but at this point Bruno runs onto the train. So the plan would be for Prosciutto to follow him into the back of the train. And and Benjamin Button style, Pesci and Prosciutto would meet in the middle. Ah, classic. I haven't seen that movie or understand that reference, but I'm going to validate you anyway. Yay! Because I think it's pretty good. Uh, But what ends up happening is... Bruno runs onto the train clutching something black in his hands uh, and Prosciutto follows him closely aboard but there's no one there and Pesci doing his sweep is right there. Huh? But how? How could it be achieved? The prestige. (laughs) (laughs) How old is that fucking movie now? 2008-ish. Oh my god. Do you reckon everyone will still get it? By seeing Bruno Uh on the platform there was... The pledge. And then him running aboard the train out of sight. The turn. Okay. And yep. then Prosciutto and Pesci meeting up in the very spot where he should have been, but wasn't. The prestige. <laughs> Pretty sure it's just actual magic bullshit. <laughs> so they bicker and they're like, but he must have gotten past you. Oh no, he definitely didn't get past me, Mr. Prosciutto, sir. You incompetent lad. He's less, he's less posh. He's more gruff. Sorry, you incompetent lad. Yes. Backhand. Yeah, they bicker. And we see the first of many pan downs to the turtle in this scene, <laughs> this episode. I fucking love the pan downs it's to the turtle. Just casually walking under this gap in this door. And it's just like, see you motherfuckers. I'm a turtle. I'm gonna waddle. So, okay, maybe they're behind this door. Pesci, use your stand. Beach boy to check if they're in there. 
I'm unamused by that name. So we're going to talk about Beach Boy and, as we'll be introduced to, The Grateful Dead in future weeks. But uh, I think you mean A, Fisher Man, mm-hmm. and B, The Thankful Dead. Sure. Uh, but Pesci pulls out a big spiritual fishing rod. <laughs> so when this happened, I just thought to myself, oh... So Stan- this is what we're doing Stan now. Stan freaking rules. <laughs> so he pulls out a fishing rod. This is what this is the state of play for Stans now. <laughs> it's just like, so you know how you thought like psychic powers were rad? Imagine psychic fishing rods. You know what? It, it actually kind of operates a bit like a combo of two stands we saw, saw in part three. Uh, whole horses, mm-hmm. the emperor, which fired a projectile he could control with his mind, much like this fishing hook. Okay. And um. Uh, Egyptian god names Maria and Achmet? Nope Uh, Isis? Nope Um, Orlando? Egyptian god of fertility Cowhead Isis? No I think Isis I'm gonna maybe err on the side of pun here and say Isis had an ibis head (sighs) Hatha maybe Oh, you know what? I can just look up Maria. <laughs> when all else fails, it's like, what's that Egyptian's god name? Oh, I'll just check the JJBA wiki. <laughs> yeah. Bastet. Ah, was Mariah magnetism lady? Yeah. As we'll see later in this episode, much like uh, Bastet, a uh, beach boy can set a trap where if you touch a thing, you get in trouble. Mmm. I don't think it's like those stands at all because it's a fucking fishing rod. <laughs> but that's fine. But you see in a storytelling sense how their utility is similar. I, I guess, yeah, yeah. That wasn't a question. You <laughs> see. <laughs> You're taking charge of this podcast now. Yeah, so he sends his fishing hook through the door, feels around inside, is like, ah, yes, I sense two people in here. Gonna hook that driver and pull the door open with him. And it is not a pretty sight. Not, so they've got him by the cheek. Oh, don't you hate regular you get... fish hook style? Don't you get fish hooked by the cheek? Gross and painful. Ugh, hate it, hate it. It's quite a lot of disturbing imagery in this episode and and the next couple. But uh, the fish hook traveling inside your body, particularly. Uh, oh, I fucking loved it. Skin crawly. I, so... I was all about it. But what? Only the driver in there, Pesci, were he more confident, would have been like, but I definitely sense two people. But Prosciutto's just like, okay, gonna go search the rest of the train. You keep an eye out here in case they come back to stop the train now that we've taken out the driver. You gotta say it like Prosciutto. All right, you incompetent egg. I'm going to go search the train. You sit... Oh, he's not that posh, is he? Mm -hmm. All right, you incompetent egg. You sit back. He's not that, uh... Cockney. Yeah. All right, it's fine. I've only got one or the you other. You can't do it. You can't do it. I he's, can't act. He's beyond you. All right, you incompetent egg. Is that better? Better. Okay. <laughs> I'm never going to do it again. Uh, let's talk about... Na- We're not, not going to talk about their, their stands and characters in detail this week. Uh, we've got plenty of time to spend with these boys in future episodes. Oh. Uh, but of course, in future episode, yep. singular. Prosciutto is an Italian ham dish. Uh, we discussed the meanings of their names in the Hitman in the Hitman team. But uh, just as a reminder, and Pesci is of course peach or fish, fish, fishes specifically. Yeah, fish, fish. I'm Pesci, and this is my fish name. And my oh, fish and fishing rod. That's fun. Oh, and prosciutto and. Aging. <laughs> Aging and curing. Mm. Mm. And preserving with cold. Oh my. It all falls into place. Uh, let, but let's do a quick stand deep dive on the hero of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo, Coco Jumbo the Turtle. Now tell me more about Coco Jumbo. So Coco Jumbo, he's a turtle. You're not even opening his wiki page. I don't need to. Oh god, okay. Coco Jumbo is a turtle. Uh, and as we're about to see, his stand, Mr. President, uh-huh. means that when you put the key in the slot on his back, it makes a nice little hotel room you can live in. The key in the turtle shell and shrink yourself down. Yeah, that's see? pretty good. I'll see? pay that. That works. Yep. Uh, and it's just like a nice, well-appointed room with a mini bar and a telly and some cupboards. Made for a mobster's daughter, shall sure. we say. It's the ultimate safe house, really. Yeah. You can completely avoid the enemy. Unless they find you out. Unless they find the turtle. <gasps> oh, no. And uh, as we'll see Narantia do in this episode, when you put your body above a certain elevation in the room, you go out of the turtle. 
Yeah, which is fun because Narancia just ends up half out of the turtle being like... Slamming his head into the uh, the chair that the turtle is under. Which I found hilarious. <laughs> it's cool. I like it. It's rad. So Coco Jumbo or Coco Jambu mm-hmm. is a song by Mr. President. Ah. Mr. President. I'm going to say the turtle's name like... Sorry, the turtle stands name like that forever now. Can you say Mr. President correctly? Mr. President. Richard. You know when um someone is on the phone having a sim- sinister conversation and they're like, oh, I'll be sure to take care of that. Mr. President. <laughs> Chink. Yeah, like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, Space Tree. Or... <laughs> you remember Space Tree, the Space Tree from Space? You know, I thought I knew what it was and now I'm even more confused. Featuring Space Tree, the Commander... Me Lord the Marone Mongoose Marone. Wait, was Space Tree the commander? No, Space Tree was the Space Tree. The commander was the commander. <laughs> ah, you see, it makes so much more sense <laughs> now. Space Tree was an ambulatory tree mm. uh, with ST carved on his trunk, which was his face. Why? Why? What? This is a dumb web series from the mid 2000s. Oh, okay, all right, sure. It's sort of a um, a poor man's Homestar runner. <laughs> And let me tell you, that was already a poor man's anything else. You don't say anything bad about Homestar Runner in my house. <laughs> we lived and breathed Homestar Runner when we were growing up. I did. Did you? Sure. Oh no. Coco Jambu was a song by the German Eurodance group Mr. President, released in March 1996 as the lead single from their second studio album, We See the Same Sun. Nice. That's actually a pretty good title. Not gonna lie. Yeah, that speaks of, like, world unity and shit. Yeah. And the lyrics, of course, go... Uh, can you please regale them to me in their natural language? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Coco Jumbo. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. And repeat. No, don't uh, say repeat. And then the reprise. Put me up, put me down, put my feet back on the ground, put me up, take my heart, and make me happy. Now that is ominous. <laughs> yep. That is deadly ominous. As we get close, you whisper Coco, I hold you in my arms and you say Jambu. (laughs) Scream and shout, turn and say Columbo, now I gotta go, so Coco. What? These lyrics are bonkers. (laughs) This is a journey into the human psyche unlike ever before. (laughs) When I hold my baby, she says I do it nicer. I like my chicken with rice and lemonada. (laughs) That's what you get when you shit, when, that's what... That's what you get when she shout out Jambu. Now I gotta go, yo Coco. Wait, lemon rice? Is that what I get when I shout out Jambu? And lemonada. Shit, man, I'm gonna fucking scream Jambu from the top of my lungs now. And I'm gonna say this to the audience. You would know this song if you heard it. <laughs> Are we not gonna play some? No. Ah, uh, alas. I like to only do that in times of emergency because don't want to get copyright struck. Mm. Uh, And of course, Hirohiko Araki had this to say about the stand, (gasps) Mr. Mr. President. Richard. Nick is of course referring to the From Software game, Metal Metal Wolf Wolf Chaos, Chaos, in which you played as President... um, Michael? First name forgotten, surname Michael. Yep. uh, Who was uh, sort of... The best president ever. I mean, he was a a parody, parody in the sense that he looked much morally... Purer than George W. Bush uh, and his very evil vice president, Richard, who Richard. led the mech suited coup against the United States and, like, did, did evil for evil's sake things like unleashing a giant robotic spider into New York City. Uh, so, President Michael had to get into the presidential mech suit, Metal Wolf, mm-hmm. and uh, just down that coup. Assisted by his uh, PA in Air Force One, take on that coup all by himself. And they would shout, Michael and Richard! At one another. <laughs> oh man, the ending is... oh Ends in space, as you might imagine. Yeah. Mr. President. Tell me more. Got a bit of a frog in my throat today. Apologies for that, listeners. And maybe you should put a snake in your throat. There's a snake in my throat. <laughs> that was a top tier joke from both of us. A turtle is like a house on legs. Okay, now hang the fuck up a second. Right? No. No, what? No. Can I finish? No, here it is, Okay. You know what else is like a house on legs? What? The uh, chicken-legged hut that the Germanic witch Baba Yaga lives in. Yeah, but see, that actually is a house on legs. <laughs> And of course, Baba Yaga is the nickname of Russian, question mark, assassin, John Wick. Oh, 
Oh, nice. Intertextuality. Yeah. But I'm a Baba Yaga, definitely one of my top two witches. I think Geralt's my number one witcher. Witch. No, you said witches. Witches. Yeah. It's my number my, one witcher. And my other in my top two witches, for just for the record, is of course Siri. Striga Nona, the Italian spaghetti witch. The Italian spaghetti witch? Yeah. Striga Nona. Now Striga Nona. The Italian spaghetti witch. <laughs> She have memento disease or something? No, but like what? She's an Italian witch from like a children's story who does spaghetti magic. What? We need to look this up later. Anyway. I already have. Uh, anyway, Mr. President. A turtle is like a house on legs. Okay, no, it's right? not. It's not. You, you going to let me finish this time? No, never. Okay, go on. Because uh, it lives in its house. But it's not a house on legs, is it? It has legs. But we can't live in it. Or does it have fins and a tortoise has legs? Yeah, a tortoise has... A tortoise is like a house on legs, Ugh, right? I guess. Okay, a turtle is like a house on legs, right? Like, doesn't Gamera look like a spaceship? You, of course, know Gamera, the giant turtle kaiju who is friends to all children. Do you mean Gamora? No, I mean Gamera. The big... You mean the massive kaiju monster yeah. from Godzilla? I think it has its own franchise, but occasionally intersected with Godzilla. I thought that was Gamora. No, oh. Gamora is it's from Guardians of the Galaxy, and also the Bible, oh. and also One Piece, where it was a giant seahorse. Oh, yeah. So that giant turtle is Gamora. Like, doesn't Gamora look like a spaceship? Please tell me that's not the end of this no. note. Oh God. The pattern on the shell also looks like a jigsaw puzzle, and I had the idea of slotting a special fancy-looking key in there. Hirohika Araki is a master of storytelling. Turtle looks like a house on legs. Uh -huh. Make it a house on legs. Yeah, sure. Okay, that works now. Now that we've modified the turtle to be a house on legs. Shell looks like a jigsaw puzzle. Put the missing piece of the puzzle in there. Activate the power. Even though we cut away the shell. Yep. What was the third thing? Gamora looks like a spaceship. I don't know if he does. <laughs> Friend to all children. Is he? Yeah. Oh, go here. Might be a she. Go here. I know Mothra is a she. I thought Godzilla was also a she. I think Godzilla is gender ambiguous because I think it's often referred to as a he, but it does have a child. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, asexual. Or non or uh, non-binary. Ooh. Or, or maybe Godzilla's trans. Maybe Godzilla is fluid? I guess that's a thing now. Or maybe it's like the um, dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and life found a way. <laughs> And it's just Godzilla walking around being like, I don't know what I of am Of course, today, Japanese but... Godzilla is a radiate... Or, in some origins, is a radiated T-Rex. What? I thought it was just an irradiated Godzilla. As revealed in Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, uh, there was a T-Rex that some Vietnam or World War II or whatever Japanese soldiers encountered on an oh, island. yeah! And then it got irradiated and sank to the bottom of the sea. And then, many years later, Godzilla, a metaphor for the... Crushing power of the atomic bomb wreaked havoc on Japan. That's right. I remember, and it looks into that soldier's eyes and is all like, I respect you. Mm. Yeah, that was a good film. Freaking loved dumb Japanese Godzilla. I really want to see Shin Godzilla though, which is apparently... Uh, Very good. Yep. Very hardcore. Apparently it's a metaphor for the Fukushima radi radi radio... Um, Radio. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Meltdown. Um, Welcome to hey, Fukushima Radio. So this is the second week in a row we've talked about nuclear disaster. <laughs> That's fun. Well, this is going to be a recurring thing. No, Shin Godzilla is amazing. It is so good. Like, the way they fucking handle... I'm not going to spoil it, but the way they handle Godzilla is just like, well, this is dumb. Oh, wait, no, this happened. Oh, wow. Oh, we should no. um, We should put Godzilla on the Patreon list. We have. Good. <laughs> but, did you think I was going to let Godzilla, King of the Monsters... Oh, that Godzilla. ...come up and not be able to be like... And now we're going to talk about the good Godzilla. And of course, uh, I haven't seen... Oh, I haven't seen the new Godzilla. But of course, Godzilla Final Wars is uh, what was potentially going to be the final Godzilla movie at the time. Oh. Uh, is the one with the Sentai human plot. Sentai human? Yeah, Sentai. That's the word, right? For like... Um, uh, power ranger type storytelling. Oh, 
No, wasn't that before then? Didn't they already have like their super soldier dudes? Well, I'm thinking of a specific one. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Where it had the Sentai fight and monsters plot where they fought the giant lobster crab guy. Uh, but And then also had a big uh, martial arts thing in the climax with the evil aliens. Uh, is that and, and even more notably... That has the uh, American drill spaceship captain who speaks American accented English uh, to all the Japanese people, uh, and and they all understand each other, but no one's speaking the same language to him. <laughs> oh, that's great! We should just watch some Godzillas. We should MST3K style the Godzilla movies. Well, of course, some kaiju movies, some classic kaiju movies, and I think, I think including some Godzilla movies, have been. Legit MST3K. Uh, I want to say uh, Godzilla versus Megalon. Megalon. Was that the big, like... It's got drills for hands. Okay, never mind. It's like a big stag beetle with drills for hands. Oh, yes. No, I do know that one. Yeah. And he's all like... And it takes forever him to punch anything. Not to be confused with Gigan, the alien lizard with uh, hooks for hands and uh, a saw blade in its chest. Yeah. No, we never mistake the two because one's a beetle and the other one's crazy. They don't look dissimilar, though. Are they? Are you sure? They got weird hands. Saw blade, though. (laughs) Yeah. Like, right in the ab region. And, of course, Ghidorah. Ah, King Ghidorah. The space dragon with three heads. He's fucking... I remember... I uh, I got to stay up late one night. Ooh. I know. And what? In fact, no. It wasn't even that. I was at uni. Like, so I must have been like twenty something. But I got to stay up late. And I, I know that when we were in high school, probably I was probably in year ten. You were probably in year eleven. They mm. played uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah on SBS one night, and I stayed up to watch that. Yeah. So I did that when I was like twenty four. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck you guys! I'm totally gonna watch Godzilla versus King Ghidorah." And I watched it. It was fucking amazing. Would recommend out of ten. In this one, King Ghidorah was three alien bats that they left yeah. left on the island to get nuked instead of Godzilla. And then it just came back one day. They were like, oh, what? But it's hugely radioactive. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. Yes. This is what I wanted. Because, of course, the seemingly benevolent aliens from the future wanted to take over the world. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. They get in the turtle. They're like, look at this turtle room. It's great. This is so comfy. Yep, Prosciutto goes off to search the train. Pesci is like, I was sure I searched. I, I sensed two people in here. Let me look under this uh, chair. Oh, he first he searches a locker room. He's like, no, no one would ever be in a locker. If only I had Prosciutto's instincts. Mm, mm. Let me look under this chair. Is that a turtle? turtle? Let me just reach down to inspect it closely. Pesci, get in here! No, no, no. What? Ominous green mist starts to waft through the cabin. Oh. And he's like, no. Prosciutto wouldn't, would he? I've got to get out of here. Runs over to Prosciutto and is all like, what are you doing? Well, no, no. No? Runs out of scene. Then body horror shit starts happening in the turtle. Does it? I thought he ran over to Prosciutto no, and was all like... Because we next... Oh, no, you are right. He's like... This is three times I've been right. Sorry, because I thought we next saw him in the bar calling himself. No, no, yeah. no. But Prosciutto, it's too dangerous to use the grateful dead. Well, don't worry. Wait, why do I keep doing posh for Prosciutto? Because his name's Prosciutto. It's because he has status. And you associate that with posh accents. I do. Like me. I have a posh accent. Right? Oh, no. So he's all like, but everyone will... We can't just kill everyone on the train. Yeah, we can. Planes crash all the time. This will be less fallout than that. I guess so. Okay. All right. Just don't let me die. No promises. Oh... So they're all in the turtle. It's oh, so hot, so hot in this turtle. So muggy. Oh, I want just want to sit out on my porch and drink an ice cold beverage in my turtle. <laughs> what, if, what if the turtle had a beach room? That'd be nice. That would be ironic. The turtle constantly yearning for the beach and water. Ah, yes, the turtle Coco Jumbo just wants to get back to the beach mm. to its kids. But alas, the beach is inside of himself yeah, all along. The boss is holding the turtle's children hostage, and that's why it's in the mob. He threatened my family. You don't know the lives that have been taken inside of me. Now body horror shit starts happening as um, Mr. is offering Narantia a cold beverage. And Narantia's all like, huh? Huh? What? I can't hear you. I'm speaking loudly, like I was doing an impression of an old man. Oh, well, guess I'll just eat this banana. 
We've got cold drinks, we've got cola, mineral water, carbonated, non-carbonated, apple, orange, pineapple juice. What do you want? Something hot. Are you listening? What? Ah! I'll just eat this banana. I'll just sit down over here like an old man. Oh, my shoulders and back are so stiff. I'm going to read this magazine like an old man would. I'll just eat this banana. This garden makes me so nostalgic. Lick finger, turn page. And Mr's like, that's fucking gross, man. Why would you lick your finger before turning a page? Other people have to read this magazine, this turtle magazine. Oh, well, guess I'll just eat this banana. Do you think Coco Jumbo has a, has a subscription? Wait, the band or the turtle? Both. Uh, yes. Okay. To better homes and gardens. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I just like to think back to when I was a kid in such a nice garden. Mm. When I was a kid and I had a big gross eye and I was shoveling through the trash looking for scraps. Mm. Like this banana that I'm mm. going to eat. Yup, yup, yup. So, he decides after nostalgic things that he's like, Oh, well, can't get a hot beverage. I'll just eat this banana. Mm-hmm. Goes to get the banana. I think the implication is that he tries to eat it and that's the cause of what happens next, but we don't explicitly see that. No, I'm pretty sure it would have happened anyway. Okay. He coughs up blood and yep. also, like, decomposed gum with a tooth in it, hanging by a thread. And Mr's all like, whoa, that's That's, uh, that's friggin' different. gross. Hey, I think uh, you coughed something up there, old boy. <laughs> and we see he's starting to grey, or, or white even, at the yeah. temples. And he's like, uh, buddy, you... you you okay? You alright? Mr. thinks it's a joke. Oh, so, two conversations. Classic JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, two people talking past each other. Um, Mr. keeps being like, hey, that's freaking gross, man. Are you, like, playing a prank on us or whatever? And Naranjir is all like, I'm trying to eat this banana, but it's so hard. Hey, are you really old now? This banana is crumbling. But are you really old? The banana, Mr. <laughs> the banana. <laughs> Uh, so then... And, like, yeah, now his hair's all white. And he's, like, super wrinkled. Yeah. All of his fingers are, like, dried up. Um, like an old man. Yeah, Mr.'s like, what the fuck? And then, old man Jono over there is like, is something going wrong? Are you perturbed, young boy, at the sight of an old friend? Mm -hmm. Fugo and Abakio, sleeping, are also super old. Uh, And the flowers in the room have wilted. Uh, then meanwhile we see out in the train just like old people collapsing and and <laughs> possibly the most disturbing thing uh, in the arms of its either unconscious or dead mother an old man baby is like mama wake up mama <laughs> just that sounded very like well composed for an old man just being like mama no, that's what it's like <laughs> that's like he's not Elvis is he it's just like mama Mama, wake That's up. That's not mama. what I was doing. Mama, you gotta wake up, mama. <laughs> sure. Mama, we gotta get off this train. Like, <laughs> now it just sounds like Nicolas Cage. Mama, get up. Uh, just to fill my quota of uh, weekly City of Hero character concepts, uh-huh. Nicolas Cage match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Narantia is seeing his reflection that he's super old and freaking out. Jorno is also uh, unhappy but much more calm because he's Jorno. A stand that makes people age. Did they find us? Are we under attack? And uh, Bruno's cool. He's like, no. Because if they had found us, they'd be attacking us much more directly. Mm. So this is them. them, They're doing an area of effect spell to try to flush us out. Mm, mm. Classic area of effect D&D move. I want to circle back quickly just to the... um, the, um, the sequence with the old man baby and all that. We get a cool shot of very creepy looking Grateful Dead just stalking through the train halls. You mean the Thankful Dead? Sure. Uh, it's got sort of a Lovecraftian design about it, I'd Ooh. say. It's like a yes. tentacle creature covered in eyes with like two legs, two leg arms. Two, two arms and its legs are just weird tendrils. And it's just kind of strutting down the hallway. On its massive chufty arms. Mm-hmm. It is ripped. It's like, um, you know, Spongebob? When he gets the... I'm aware um, of Spongebob, yes. I'm, I know of Spongebob. You know, uh, I've heard he's a character. The episode where he gets big inflatable muscle arms that he walks around on. Yes? It's like I that. Think... Walking like that. Yeah. Similar gait. Or like um the the thing in Toy Story. You know, the... Yes, the um creepy... One of the Frankensteinian toys. Yeah. It's from like Sid's a, room. It's like a 
buff body bird head. Yes? Was that the one with the big um, arms? I think so. That scene also featuring a fishing hook. <gasps> when? There's the fishing hook with sexy legs. We talked about that a oh, week or yeah! two ago, I'm pretty the sure. the fishing hook with sexy legs. Man, I felt things. <laughs> the call of the sea. <laughs> Breathe in that sea breeze, boys. Those sexy legs. Oh, look at those bloody fishing hooks. <laughs> oh. I'd like to reel that one in, if you know what I'm saying, boys. Naranchia's fingers are falling apart from age. Super gross. Um, And he's all like, Oh, well, this is the end of old Naranchia, boys. We've got two options. Take Trish and get off the train and hope we get out of their range before we die of old age. Pretty good plan. Or, find him and kill him. You know, I really like that plan. (laughs) Yep, I'm Mr. I'll assassinate them. I'll do it. Cool, like, geometric corridor background. Over to Bucciarati. He's, like, got sort of a green and yellow background. Like, yes, Bucciarati. Yes, mister. You can do it. You can murder them. But first, we've got to figure some shit out. (laughs) Mister goes to leave and Jorno is like, Can't leave yet. I'm an old man, but I can still deduce stand issues. Be quiet, old man. You see... Mr. and Bucciarati have light symptoms. The rest of us are all friggin' old. Why? And Trish is fine. Mm, that is a very true fact. Mm. Why is Trish fine and yet the others are not fine? Mr. is basically like, ah, oh, who gives a shit? We're all aging at different rates. I'll go kill the guy. Everyone dies, John. All <laughs> yeah. right, you gotta accept that. Time waits for no man. Thousand yard stare. And then Trish is there like, but it waits for ladies. <laughs> Time is a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Time holds the door open, but does not force the lady in. (laughs) If it was an indiscriminate ageing effect, they might kill Trish by accident. So, I think it's... I think it's body temperature. Trish is then like, that does make sense. Women typically have a lower body temperature than men. Yeah, I don't know the science on that. Um, uh, pretty sure that is true. Okay. What they say is that because women tend to have a greater proportion of body fat, mm-hmm. uh, they are less sensitive to temperature fluctuations. Sure. But it takes more heat to change their internal temperature. Right. That's yeah. That's what I said. Um, and thus, they are women. So Prosciutto's plan is to bank on the fact that he can age out. He can, he can hopefully either... Age uh, the, the gang to the extent they expose themselves in an attempt to stop him and he can kill them easily. Yep. Or uh, they'll all die of old age and Trish won't, at which point leaving her undefended. Sure. But why? Why are you guys slower than those guys? Mr's like, you're calling me a girl? And then Trish is all like, no one's calling you a girl, but you know what? You did have a rather cold <laughs> drink. Let me consult the court record. <laughs> Take that! <laughs> We all had cold drinks. Naranchia didn't. Let me touch this ice cube to his face and youth aura removes the crow's feet around his eyes. He's like, ooh, so moisturising. Ah, yes. It fights the seven signs of ageing. Does it repair teeth falling out? (laughs) We were ageing slower because our bodies were cooler. Quick, everyone grab some ice. And Bruno, showing leadership and vision and the ability to make hard decisions in times of crisis, is like, no, mister, you've got to take the two remaining ice cubes with you to aid you when you kill that guy. Yeah. And then mister is like, he's like popping out. He's doing some assassination stalking. He's like, oh, you've got to do it before the ice melts and you get too weak. I wonder if the turtle is aging. They say turtles live for 10,000 10, years. years. Now, I'm no scientist. When it comes to turtles. I'm no scientist when it comes to turtles, but I'm pretty sure that's a tortoise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they don't live for 10,000 years. Gonna need to see a source on that. Pretty sure they live for like 300 or something. (laughs) But still, that's enough. That that could be a folklore thing. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) Uh, Pesci's in the bar just like loading himself up with ice and chomping on it, being like, man, I hope I don't die too. This is so friggin' dangerous. Uh, And then Mr. is like, aha. I'm in the driver's room. Yes, the air conditioning. I can press that and save everyone. And we see close up on Pesci's fishing hook just like casually resting against the bar. Mm. And he's all like, oh man, I really hope he doesn't kill me. Gotta keep that body temperature down. Sip, drink, sip. drink. <laughs> uh, and then... Take a fucking sip, man. Youth. <laughs> so then... Uh, Much like Mr. a certain... Mariah's stand. Oh! Mr. touches the thing. The AC button. Yeah. 
And uh, Pesci freaks the fuck out. Oh, we got a live one. He took the bait. Real, real, real. Mister's got a big old fish hook, like up to his, entered through his finger and going up to his wrist in his hand. You can see the line, then the gnarled shape of the hook under his flesh. And he's all like, "What the oh. hell is this thing?" He's like, "Oh, this isn't good. Is this another?" Stand. There are two stands, double train battle. Oh gosh, to be continued. Don't leave me on that note. I want to see the rest of the train battle. Updated ending sequence this week. What? Oh yeah, true. Plant graphics and panning upwards instead of the right, mm. but uh, still the same poses. But some of them been some of them have been rotated. Mm. It's a bit better. Mm. Not gonna lie. It's a bit speckier. Yes. So Nick. Yes. What are our highlights and lowlights for the express train to Florence? Highlight the fucking turtle. Okay. Coco Jumbo. Coco Jumbo. Just in general, every single bit where we see him is a fantastic <laughs> moment. So one, when it's like the oh. moment where Bruno goes, wait. And then it's like, Duh, pan up mm. over his head. Mm -hmm. And then you just see the turtle. Zoom in on that, you're like, oh fuck. Oh. I like the um the cut to commercial break where Prosciutto's like, I'm gonna use my stand. Sinister close up on Prosciutto's face. <laughs> Similar s sinister close up on Mr. Oh, on Coco Jumbo's face under the chair. And he's all like, yes, <laughs> use it. I'm a turtle. Uh yeah, and all the like slow pans. Oh, <laughs> dude, he has made this fucking part. <laughs> what a guy. My Your highlight. highlight. Um, gonna take a different perspective to usual actually <gasps> my highlight is how effectively uncomfortable these intense aging sequences made me i think mm. some of the most disturbing imagery uh in jojo's bizarre adventure as a whole honestly taps into that primal fear mm. of eternity we all feel mm, i feel that i mean i don't but i feel that deep down really i'm did you sense existential dread from said body horror sure do you feel like you know where you're at in life and you know what you want to do right now? Mm, no comment. There it is. There's <laughs> the fear. <laughs> Lowlights. My lowlight is just how dragged out it, like, Naranch's whole bit was of like, oh, he's an old man. Because, mm. like, he's just sort of there being like, and we're slowly getting somewhere. I feel like they were trying to, trying to play it for humour with, like, the old man yeah. mannerism jokes, but the imagery is sufficiently disturbing that it doesn't land for me. But, like, the first bit where he's just, like, sitting down, is like, ah, oh, everything hurts. It's like, okay, it's muggy. <laughs> like, I didn't click that it was oh, okay, old man, right. and I was like, what? Subtle. See, and, and mm. me, with my foreknowledge, knew what was happening. Mm. I could see, see the strings be, being pulled. Yeah, but I was just like... Okay, so he's got sore joints and he licks his finger to turn a page. None of this is particularly weird. Yep. And then when his tooth came out, I went, ah, gross. Thankful Dead. Gotcha. It's a good stand name, too. Grateful Dead, obviously. You mean the Thankful Dead? Sure. Yeah. Good, good uh, name for that stand. Mm. Lowlights? My lowlight is the, um, the dumb, like, teen sex comedy bit in the car at the start. Oh, yeah, true. That happened. <laughs> Forgot about that. It's so forgettable and just like such a... I don't know, I feel like we've moved beyond that. Have we though? I mean, they've known Trish for like, what? Three days? Two? At most. <laughs> and just been like, sorry lady, sorry, didn't mean to breast you. Hey, hey, we got her. But even if it was just that, I, I wouldn't mind it so much. But the, specifically the bit where Mr. Lean's in and is like, oh yeah, I also like to be a huge pervert. Oh yeah, but that's just, you know, perverts. <laughs> Ah, oh, mister, uh, I'm mister. I love to stare at things, whether it's a innocent woman's body who probably doesn't want that, uh, or indeed branches out a window. But also, like, it seems to contradict mister's own backstory where his whole thing is, like, helping the lady. Helping the woman who was getting assaulted. Uh, and then... Yeah, yeah but like, that's crossing the line. You look but never touch, you know? <laughs> Apparently mister is now an incel? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Nikki boy... Yeah. Nikki, Nikki, Fofiki. That's what they call me on the street, fam. Don't wear it out. Shit, if I get tweets being like, Nikki, Nikki, Fo, Nikki. What'd you call me? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're on the train. The express train to Florence. Uh, it's th gonna take them an hour and a half to get to Rome. They're in now, new friend, Coco Jumbo. In his well-appointed room. That's weird. That's a weird statement. They're in our new friend. Um, uh. Also, just worth noting that, like... The turtle key situation provides like a, a convenient means for having distinct protagonists in a stand battle without having to contrive reasons for someone to go off alone mm. and get polnareft. Mm. Apart from the fact that that is exactly what they kind of are doing. 
What do you mean? So the idea of, ah, everyone can go given that, or everyone that isn't affected by the Grateful Dead can go, but they just send Mr. It's risk reward, you know? I guess. But still, go on. Mr. Stand is built for assassination. He's confident in his ability to shoot a couple of mooks in the head. Mm, On the big choo-choo. Yeah. Um, yes, so everyone is on the big choo-choo, aging at, at a rapid rate. Mister has been hooked by a sinister yet cooling bait. Oh, he's been hooked, has he? Mm. What will happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 5, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled The Grateful Dead, Part 1. Holy shit, it's a thrill. War. Also, just putting it out there, you just alt-tabbed to something. Double-checking the episode name. Was that DuckTales I saw? I don't think so. Okay, all right. I wouldn't put it past you just to be all like, I always have DuckTales. Just always. Well, right now I'm doing a read-through of, um, this may have been what you saw. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm doing a read-through of uh, someone's someone's live read, you know, read blog, whatever, yeah. of um, the Sonic the Hedgehog Archie comics, oh, which yeah. get, like, weirdly extended universe thanks to a man named Ken Penders and his obsession with knuckles in the echidna civilization. Huh, Okay. Strange. Let me show you the Knuckles family tree image, which is kind of iconic. Oh, Jesus. What about all the other species, though? Not, not as important. So as you can see, mm-hmm. we have Science Knuckles, Eyebrow Knuckles, Star Trek Knuckles, Horseshoe Knuckles, College Professor Knuckles, Super Knuckles Bro 2, Yoda Knuckles, Clockwork Orange Knuckles, Tribal Knuckles, Mohawk Knuckles, Super Knuckles Bro 1. Naturally. Chill Cyborg Knuckles, Negative Knuckles, Dominatrix Knuckles, Cat Eye Knuckles, Douchebag Knuckles, Robot Knuckles, Metal Plate Knuckles, Angry Cyborg Knuckles, Smokey the Echidna, Naturally. Gay Knuckles, Girl Knuckles, Monocle Knuckles, Rasta Knuckles, Beard Knuckles, and, Knuck- and Red Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> but why? It's just, it's just bad comics, man. Jesus, okay. It's all about Knuckles. Weird. Dude should just not. <laughs> anyway, um, part one of Grateful... So, just as a reminder before that diversion, Mr's hooked, people are getting older, Mr's out to kill them. Okay. We're on a train. We're on a train. Express train, no stops. Speed two. Oh, and we skipped over it in the episode, but it's like an hour and a half to Rome, which I guess there'll be a stop at, even though they said it was an express train to Florence. Well, they need fuel and supplies. <laughs> We're in Italy, after all. We need more food, Liam. Um, Mister needs to stop for lunch. Oh shit! What time is it? Oh no! What if he needs to? St- wait, wait, no, it was afternoon. That's right. That's right. It was like four forty-five. Yes. So they'll stop for dinner. Um. Okay. All right. It's Rome. It's well, it's a train. It's a train heading to Rome. Yep. Uh, the choo-choo. The big chew. 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 That's the secret, isn't it? The big chew. They're all gonna die. Okay, <laughs> so Mr. Will start by being like, what the fuck is this hook in my hand? And getting reeled towards Pesci. And Pesci he'll will be, be like all... bouncing off walls and shit. Or through walls, probably. Or maybe he'll be all... he'll be like a fish. Where he's like, the further away he is, the easier it is to snap the line. Oh yeah. Um, whereas the closer he is, the harder it is to escape. Like so many bass. Like bass fishing. Hi, I am bass fishing. <laughs> Shit, man, I'd play that. Um, yeah, so he'll be all like, oh no, a fishing line stuck in my hand. Ooh. Snap. And then Pesci will be like, ah, no, it's snap oh, the he's, fishing line. He's going to start reeling Pesci in. Oh, shit. That would be great. Uh, but no, that won't happen at all. <laughs> I don't think this fishing line will let Mr. like go through like tiny spaces like um what was the uh, the other stand that was all like um turns people into flat things like deflates them oh um so that he could go around yeah yeah underneath mm-hmm. yeah in that tiny little layer yeah um it, it's not like that it'll just be a matter of yeah if i pull you you come through the yeah. fucking wall so he's got to like try to oh okay i was gonna say he has to try to like get to the doorways and shit without just like being smashed up against the wall and having his hand ripped up by hook yeah basically yeah so he'll Obstacle just be like, coursing it Ooh, or gunning it and being all like, I can open the door with my gun. And then use my special stand to just like shoot a bullet, which goes all the way down the train, finds you and then shoots you. Yes, I guess so. Uh, The problem is, it's the Grateful Dead. Sorry, the Thankful Dead. Part one. 
Which implies there is a part two. Mm. But we're not getting Beach Boy part one, are we? So it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe the... Hmm. How long could the train battle be? Four episodes. Okay. It'll be the Grateful Dead part one and two. Oh, shit. So does that imply they take out... The whole time he has the hook in his hand, Mm -hmm. he finds Prosciutto and he has to get him. And then in the next two episodes, Pesci's like, why is the fog going away? What happened to Prosciutto? Oh, no, I'm all alone. And then suddenly he becomes super competent because he's angry. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then he gets the revenge story where it's like... Prosciutto brought me up from nothing. He introduced me to the Hitman oh, team. And we have the the prosciutto, sorry, the Pesci flashback. Yeah, the Pesci flashback. <laughs> Where he's getting dirt out of the trash. And he's like, oh. My father was always mean to me because I look like a freak. No, he, lo- he also looks like a freak. He's oh, just okay. like, except he's not round. It's he's pulpo. just a square. His father's Polpo. <laughs> His dad was Polpo. He was put into the Hitman team. The Hitman team for special reasons. Nepotism. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll just be the Grateful Dead being taken out first. How? Mm. Shoot him in the head. That seems like a pretty good way to go. Um, I don't know how he would locate him. Because, like, there's so many places to hide on a train. So Mr. might have to logic his way through and be like, he wouldn't be boarded anywhere. Is it all going to just be Mr. or are any of the other boys going to get involved? Hmm. I reckon Bruno might leave to get supplies so that they don't die. Oh yeah. But I don't think I'm gonna raid the dining cart. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna get involved in the actual fighting. Oh, and there's gonna be a bit where like Mr. has to like give up his own advantage to save Bruno so that he can uh, take the ice back to the cart mm. the total. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Um I don't know if Trish might do anything. Trish isn't gonna do anything for a while yet. I'll tell you that much for free. <sighs> okay, great. Yet again, the Ballantine test passed with flying <laughs> colours. Yep. Uh, ooh. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? How could you beat a fog monster that has tentacles? What do the tentacles do? That's what gets me. Ah. Why would he add the tendrils? Why didn't he just make kind a big tendriling? I don't think you design your stand like that. Oh, why would Araki make them? Yeah. Right. There's got to be another purpose where he was like, oh, wait, I gave him tentacles. I'll suck the youth out of you with these tentacles and extend my own life force. There it is. There it is. He'll just use tentacles to suck the life force out of him without even needing to fog. And then he gets younger and then Pesci becomes the senior of the pair. Oh no, you're an 11 year old boy. That's right. It's me, Prosciutto. You don't say... Oh, we we skipped over the cool, in quotations, um, (laughs) uh, philosophy of killing a guy thing in in Pesci's mentorship. It's worth circling back to that. So Pesci is like, there's Bruno. I'm going to kill him. And Prosciutto's like, no. We never say that. We're assassins. If we're going to kill someone, they're already dead. And then we say, I killed them. You're allowed to say that bit. Yeah, we're professionals. So you kill them first and then you start saying shit. What if, what if that circles round and Pesci is like, you killed him. I'm going to kill you out Uh, of rage. uh, Yeah. uh, And then that's his weakness. That's how they get to He hesitated to brag and then... Exactly. Someone just punches him in the teeth. Giorno, probably. Mm. He just shows up and he's all like, there's something so likeable well, about me. In that scenario, of course. Um, Grateful Dead's already dead. Yeah, so everyone's young again. Yeah. Presumably. Um, so, yeah. There's someone so likeable about me and my golden dream. Mm. Uh, punching you in the face, turning you into uh, an eggplant, and, and, then, and we're done. And then is all like, I don't like his correctness. Yeah. All yeah. right. Pretty comprehensive. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Take us home, Nick. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or the other social medias at JoJo's Podcast. Yep. You can hit us up on Patreon at JoJo... Well, patreon.com slash JoJo's World. Uh, you can email Liam at JoJo's Podcast at gmail.com. You can... Go fuck yourself. At JoJo's Podcast.GoFuckYourself.net. No, we appreciate every listener. Thank you very much for your time and your money. (laughs) (laughs) I love how every time you say, we appreciate you, you always add something on that just makes it sound like we don't. You've got to make the joke. You've got to make the joke. You can't not. But I do appreciate the fact that people listen to this show. We... And... No, no and. I'm being sincere now. We put a lot of effort into it and it's really gratifying that people enjoy it. Mm. It is gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time. To to be be continued. continued.